I'm Pete Primo. This is the podcast for furniture and mattress store owners who want to make more money without the BS. Welcome to the No BS Sales, Marketing, and More podcast for furniture and mattress stores. If you own a furniture or mattress store or you work in one, this is a podcast for you. Pete Primo here with Doug Stewart and Nat Bernstein. This is episode 15. Nat was... uh Boy, so influential in my in my life. He helped me get a job when I was an RSA and I was trying to get on the road and I was a horrible interview. He helped me get a job, and that's all on uh, number 14, so you can go back and listen to that. But we're going to continue with Nat because, you know, Nat has been a thought leader for over 30 years. The first time I saw Nat, there's a picture of, of his Jonathan Moore stores and the displays that he did, you know, 30 years ago uh, were better than many of the displays. Probably 90% of the displays that I see today aren't even half as good as what Nat had the vision to do on his own uh, before. So, Nat, I'm going to let you continue. Um, and I just can't thank you enough for being here with me and Doug. And, and uh, me and Doug were fairly speechless on... Uh, the last episode because we're just sitting here taking notes. I'm looking at Doug and he's just writing note after note after note. You know, we haven't heard these things presented this way and how they interrelate so well, Nat. And I think that's what's leaving us speechless, how everything works together. But the one word that ties everything together that that you're saying, Nat, is the word intentional. You are so focused on the customer's experience you are, and I know that that's Doug's favorite word. Everything that you do, it appears to me from our conversations we had yesterday and throughout my career, everything is very careful. It's very well planned. You always have the eyes of the customer in mind. And I think probably that alone probably accounted for a majority of your success. But everything else, I, I'm just, I've been blown away. Doug, I'm I'm sorry, I'm kind of hogging this. You, can you say a couple things and then we'll let Nat go again? Just to just to let everybody know that I'm here, right? <laughs> you're being a you wallflower, and that's not like you, my friend. Yeah, but you can, you I see what you're doing. You know, it's it's funny that you know what we listened to in in last episode and in, in episode 14. It was it was all things that I feel like I've been talking about just in different ways, right? So you know, I. Like one of the, specifically in terms of training, I always say the worst thing that can happen on a sales floor is for the salespeople to sell out of their own pocket. The worst thing that can happen uh, for an owner is for the owner to buy merchandise out of their own preference, right? And Absolutely. then the worst thing in the in the in the in terms of advertising is for the retailer to advertise with their checkbook based on how sales are today, right? Because that's right. usually the first thing that gets that gets cut. Training and advertising business is bad let's cut those two things when you know we should really probably be doubling up <laughs> absolutely <laughs> on those two things and and for and, and that for you to sort of put that in perspective the 80 10 10 i think is 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 brilliant understanding who your customer is we've talked about that in past episodes but we've never broke it down in that way so um you know like pete said to to be able to say some of the same things differently um, has really turned the light bulb on for me. So I'm, I'm 
thoroughly enjoying this, and I want to stop talking so you can start talking again, Nat. No, 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 keep talking. I think that, uh, you know, we all need to communicate from our point of view, but I think that what where I have been incredibly consistent uh, is I, I use the word relevant a lot. And the reason I use the word relevant a lot is that, to me, there is a lot of irrelevance when you walk into any kind of a store. Uh, I was recently in a, um, an Old Navy store, and I couldn't believe how the lighting over the where you pay for your product, they have these round tubes of like fluorescent tubes that are so distracting from the rest the rest of the store is very you know uh vertical horizontal lots you know lots of piles and stacks and racks whatever and then they have these well it was because some decorator said oh and it'll be so cool we'll have these round lights above where people pay and i'm thinking we need to keep everything relevant. We need to keep everything consistent. If we're offering good service, then we should make sure that the drivers show up and put booties on before they go in the house, that they are trained to say, good morning, do you want me to remove my shoes or are booties okay? You know, but wh- whatever it is, we don't. We let's not gloss over that because, again, what Nat's doing is he's looking at this process through the eyes of the customer. And what that simple question that that delivery man is trained to ask says, we care as a company right. about you. Right. And, and that, you know, one of the things I, I just have to say this, one of the things that I think about, if I look the word, the word care and Karen in the, up in the dictionary, I think I would see a picture of Nat Bernstein. You care you truly care you care about everybody that you come into contact with that you give them good information and that you help them build their business and that you help them build their career and so thank you for caring so much and i'm sorry to interrupt like that but i thought that was a big deal and i don't want someone to gloss over it i want them to stop and think about what you you just did there was a uh my wife and i spent uh some time in florida during the winter and there was, uh, I saw a commercial for a plumbing company, and they made a big deal about how the fact is that before the plumber shows up, you will receive a whatever the consumer can receive. So if the consumer has a computer, they'll email you a picture or text you a picture of the person so that you know when someone knocks at your door. No surprises. So maybe. Their research showed that the older population in Florida, the newer population in Florida, you know, new transplants or the transient population is fearful of who's going to come to their door. So, I, I mean, why don't furniture stores, that should just be sort of regular, you know, the, the, Brilliant. the, the regular way of offering better service. Don't, don't or, give all your stuff away, Nat. Oh. <laughs> I'm up to like 20 or 30 things already. But anyway, so that's, but that's looking at it from the consumer's point of view. So I know that all three of us are married, and I know that you guys have been blessed with kids. Yep. You yep. want your children to be safe. Yep. 
You want them to be healthy. You want them to be happy. And, you know, so when you go into a store, and I know a lot of the Ashley stores have this little area for kids to help the, um, you know, have little games for kids to play, like on computers. When I grew up, my uh, mother and her two brothers owned three furniture stores. It grew, but when I was a little boy, my mother would take me to work on Saturday. And when I was like seven or eight years old, I think was the first time I went into the store, the salespeople would take little kids over to me and I would take them into my mother's office. And this is way before your time. Okay, what I was saying is uh, the Ashley stores have things that will occupy children's attention so the parents can focus more on the what the RSA is talking about, yes? And they can focus on their own thoughts and not worry about the kids. When I was eight years old, my mother would take me to her furniture store, and I was the original playroom. The salespeople, <laughs> if they had a customer showed up with one or two kids, they would take those kids to me. I would take them into my mother's office. We'd watch TV. I was able to give them Coca-Colas. And the salespeople loved me. Now, I'm learning at eight years old that what this did was it allowed the customer to focus on what they were trying to accomplish. And they weren't worried about their kid uh, having to go to the bathroom or their kid damaging a piece of furniture. Sure. So anyway, so I, th- I think, again, that's looking at who, who shops at your store. So if I'm in a location in Buckhead, Atlanta, where most of the people there are mid to older age points, I should have bottles of water to give those people while they're shopping. If I'm in a suburban uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, where I know that most of the people are in their late 20s to early 40s, I know I'm going to get a lot of kids in my store. I should be prepared to keep those kids busy so that the salespeople can do what what they're really supposed to do. And again, it's being relevant and it's being focused on the customer and what they're trying to accomplish. Does that make sense? That's unbelievable. You know, we all draw from our life experience and the fact that you were doing that at eight years old, Nat. I think uh, your future was probably already in the works. You just didn't know it. Yeah, yeah it's and it's it's funny you bring that up. Actually, I had a similar experience because I I was those same ages in my grandfather's furniture store, uh-huh. and I remember that he um, buy bing bags. And so he'd buy a whole truckload of bing bags. And one of my jobs early was to go around and tell the kids that were that were in our store that if your parents buy something, we'll give you a bing bag for free. Wow. And right. so it was either buy something or have to deal with that a kid for the rest young of the day. Child. Now, right. Now, I don't know that that's the best practice. Um, <laughs> and I don't know that we're making that recommendation today. No, we're not making um, that recommendation. However... It was Although incredibly think, effective. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I think that uh, if we know who our target audience is and we're focused on trying to do things that are relevant to that customer, so it would be like American Furniture in Denver 
got complaints from consumers that they had to wait, that not recently, but that they had to wait five or seven minutes for their, their furniture to be brought and put on their truck so that they could leave. So what did Jake Jabs do? He opened up a subway, he bought a subway franchise and where the customer waits is now a subway. And people look at each other and they go, hey, why don't we get a sandwich while we're waiting? Yeah. So they're picking out the sandwich and they're saying, no, give me more onion, give me less onion. Oh, I like those black olives, bop, 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 bop. And they don't realize, but when, and then all of a sudden, time's, going by. Time, time's gone. Yeah. And they, they're handed their sandwich and they're handed their soda. And uh, Mr. Bernstein, your couch is ready for you to take. So it's it's understanding the issues of your business, making what everything you do relevant to make your customer happy, and then just do it. And and where we're not relevant is if we're in a high end environment, saying to the customer, and you'll be able to take that purchase with you today. That customer doesn't want they want someone else to bring it into their house, someone else to place it exactly where it is, someone else to remove the old one that was in there. That's being relevant. Yes. Exactly. So that's all I'm saying is that I think that we tend to over-intellectualize a lot of things. And I think that if we, if we follow the basics and become really good at the basics, which is seeing to it that we're merchandised properly, that we then train the salespeople to sell that product to our target customer and then bring that target customer in through effective advertising. I'm not saying, it, I make it sound easy. I know it's not. But if we know that's our job and if we know that should be our goal and objective, then at least we can get better at those three things. And I believe that when people get better at those three things, their business gets better. I, I know that's the case. So, so that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And you should. What are the common mistakes that you've seen with people when it, when it comes to training salespeople? And I don't even like that word because I think we should... We should be educating them, not training them, because you train. It sounds like you train a monkey, not a, a salesperson. But you know, what are the mistakes that you've seen? And, and as I mentioned before, you've trained you. You have worked with so many stores, big stores, little stores, many different types of RSAs, sales reps, and business owners. You know, what are the what are the common mistakes that that our dealers make? And how can they avoid making those mistakes, training or educating their salespeople? There I go again. I'm trained to say that also. Well, I think that, for, first of all, you have, I'm talking to two people who influence retailers. And what happens is you have three or four or five influencers when you go within into a store. So you have a buyer or you have the store owner and... Seeley, Simmons, Serta, uh, Sherwood are all on the floors, Tempur-Pedic. They're all in a lot of these stores. And some companies will come in and they'll say, look, you either start with our product or we'll pull it. Then you go to, so that all of a sudden 
Well, but that's not how we want to train our people. We want to do a comfort technology test. Or some, an influencer says, you know, you shouldn't segregate your products by brand. We, we recommend that you put all of your soft beds here, all of your hard beds there. You know what I'm saying? And because the, the industry is somewhat polarized and a lot of our sales reps are pretty darn effective, that what happens is people lose their individual, the retailer can lose their individual al- individuality uh, by being influenced. And all of a sudden, all the stores look the same. Every store looks the same. And every store has the same set of beds or, or similar beds. And customer doesn't even remember where they are or why, why should I buy at your store because every store now looks the same. And I think that business owners need to have a goal and objective and do their best to try to uh, continue on their path to success. Everybody should be able to offer their suggestions, but shouldn't have enough power over the dealer that it'll ruin their business in case they actually follow what you say, Pete. Yeah. 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 You say you should, you, this is how you should do it. And if you don't do it, I'm not going to sell you my line. And they say, well, we've got to have Pete and I've got to have his line. So you literally derail the, the dealer. And I think maybe that's, we, we need to do a better education job with the, the people who um, design the product. We have to do a better job of educating the people who market the product. I'm talking at wholesale. And then we need to do a better job of seeing to it that we help the retailer meet their goals and objectives. So one of the first questions I would ask if I were going to visit a retailer is tell me who your target audience is and then show me in your store how you are addressing that target audience. Show me how you were training to that target audience and show me how you were advertising to that target audience. And just by asking that, and then we need to really listen. We need to really observe. And we really need to be upfront with the dealer. If, if they're doing everything that they say they're doing and their business isn't good, they might have to expand who their target audience is. Right? I mean, but until you give the, the retailer the opportunity to see this is who you say your audience is, this is who, how you're uh, training to sell that customer, the reason your business may not be good is there may not be enough. So you're 80%, Doug, we were talking about 80, 10, and 10. <laughs> you may need to have 50. 30, 20. Right. Right. Are you following? You, yeah, you, yeah, may, yeah, need, yeah, you yeah. may need to make it more relevant, make the, the retailer more relevant in their marketplace. They may literally need to adjust who they're addressing from an audience standpoint. Yeah. yeah. So 
if a retailer is effectively advertising in their mind, and I'm sure as a consultant, you would really dig in on that to make sure that they really are. They might, and they're they're doing all the other things right. The, the merchandising's good. The advertising's good. Then they have to look at: Am I really aimed at the right market? Right. We used an example earlier of a large grocery store in big metropolitan areas. If they're in a wealthy suburb, that store has a bigger cheese department, a bigger fish department and a bigger <clears throat> fresh produce department right, right. than in an inner city store, same chain, yep, yep. will have a, 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 will have maybe no cheese department, right, right. very small fish department. In other words, so it doesn't mean that they change their supply. They still get the fish from the same supplier. Sure, they sure. still get cheese from the same supplier, but their emphasis is different. Right. Okay. So I think that they, if they're in the lower end, their uh, frozen food department might be bigger because both mom and dad are working all day and the kids have to pop the food into a microwave. Yeah. So these people, I, I think the, the food companies have always done a fabulous job of paying attention to what direction customers walk in when they walk into a store. Do they go to the right? Do they go to the left? And right, then, right. And, right? And then they will pick foods accordingly for if everybody's going for some reason. We live, I'm left-handed, but we live in a right-handed world. Most people will turn to their right and not to their left. Yeah. Even the sales people. desk is to the right. Right. And the sales, okay, but when the sales yeah. desk is to the right, then you want your comfort technology test to the left. Why? Because the majority of the customers are going to see the sales desk and go the opposite direction. So when they go the opposite direction, they're already there. Nice. <laughs> and, and that, so what, what I'm saying though is that we'll go back to the Walmart example. The CEO of Walmart is looking at what Amazon does. Why? Because Amazon does it so well. They do. And I think that one of the things that we need to do is we need to identify who's doing a great job and then getting those people to let others come and look at what they're doing. Maybe if uh, uh, Pete, you're in Cleveland, Doug, you're in uh, Raleigh-Durham. I'm in Denver. So maybe we have to take the person from Denver to Albuquerque to do that. We may not be able to do that with their next-door neighbor, and I understand that totally. But what I'm saying is I think that there are so many people, and maybe it's uh, taking a furniture store to a sleep shop to educate them or take a sleep shop to a furniture store that's just selling the daylights out of bedding and really educate them. Right. Because – when a sleep shop owner walks into a furniture store, they feel a little out of their comfort zone. I so they'll be, they'll be more tuned in to everything that's going on versus taking them into a mattress store. The owner thinks, God, this looks just like my store. 
So I think that we do have opportunities to uh, find out, try to be as relevant as possible. And what, when I'm saying relevant, I'm talking about it's important to our de- the dealer. It's important to their customer. Right. If we keep their customer always in mind in first place, that dealer is going to succeed. Doug, what questions do you have for Nat? Because we could do this all day, but we try to keep these uh, to about a half an hour or less. Before we uh, hop off of this, what questions do you have? All right. If I have to give you one. Let me let me flip through. You probably have forty or fifty. I'm sure. All right. So so here's here's the one. I mean, we we go. Let's go all the way back to the basics. What is the most important thing? If I'm a retailer, to me, I need to know how to identify that, what that one customer is, who that who that person is. So, Nat, the question I would ask you is: if you were if you were consulting a retailer, how would you help them to understand clearly who that eighty percent should be? How do they figure that out? a very good question. I think that one of the, um, Pete and I had an offline conversation yesterday about this. Yeah, and that are. is that as a consultant, I would try to identify, I would, I would have the, uh, I would like to know, Doug, picture a retailer in your market. I want to know from that retailer what their average unit selling price is for each of their vendors, and I want to know what their vendors' average unit selling price is in their market. And I'm talking about Raleigh-Durham. So Raleigh-Durham, okay, all of a sudden I find out that XYZ brand's average unit selling price is $250, and yet our dealer's at $190. Ta-da! We have a problem. Right. So I think that by looking at the the all the vendors on the floor, find out what and the the owner of the store can find that out by making a phone call. He's going to find out Raleigh Durham what each of the brands' average unit selling price is, and then we want to know what his average unit selling price is, and we'll he should be he should mirror them. (laughs) And when he doesn't, then. It's what? It's either a product issue, a training issue, or an advertising issue. Right. Okay. So that would be step number one. Does that make sense? It does. That's awesome. Thank you. You got anything else, Doug? Are you good? I'm good. I'm digesting. So, so Nat, I know you're trying to be retired, but I know no one's going (laughs) to let you be retired because you just have too much to give. On the previous uh, podcast, you gave us your email. Can you give us your email again so that anybody who's listening to this podcast that didn't listen to the other podcast has it? BernsteinNat at gmail.com. So it's my last name, first name at gmail.com. B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N-N-A-T at gmail.com. That is awesome. Any last words before we say goodbye? And please, please come back on and let's do another podcast where we just do advertising, where we just do um, different aspects of of your system um, a little bit deeper, but not so deep that you give all your goodies away because you're a consultant now. And I would encourage anybody that, you know, 
has questions about their store and they don't know where to go to, you know, they have vendors, but they understand that those vendors have agendas and they want somebody who's a professional like you, who truly cares like you, Nat, and who has uh, the background and the, um, the ability to truly help them in a meaningful way. You know what? I appreciate that. I appreciate you uh, inviting me to uh, do a podcast. And I, I think that uh, I was always taught to share my ideas with people. And uh, I just want to repeat one thing that you said, and that is sure, that sure. Uh, it's important that as a consultant and the three of us consult in the way what, what each of us do for a living, uh, we need to understand that people will listen to you, but they're still going to do what they want to do. Bottom yeah. line. So that's good news for most of us because that means that they're going to call you back and say, well, you know, I heard what you said and I really, you know, someone else told me to do this, so I, I I tried that and that didn't work. So what was it that you told me? What what I'm saying is that there's plenty. There's a tremendous need. We're in a uh, an interesting business. Uh, it it does change from time to time, but it's still the number one tied with upholstery, number one category in home furnishings. It's terribly important. It generates tremendous profit for those people who really go after the business. And I believe that our job's somewhat easy if we keep it focused and the focus should be on product training and advertising. And one day they will, on my tomb, it will (laughs) say product training and advertising. And people walk by and go, the hell does that mean? It doesn't doesn't matter. It's an inside joke and he's dead. (laughs) <laughs> Nat, thank you so much. And Doug, thank you so much. Um, we're gonna, we got to do this again, guys, but uh, we do have to say goodbye. So thank you again. My awesome. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the No BS Sales, Marketing, and More podcast for furniture and mattress stores. We love reviews at our podcast. They help us get found. Please review us at iTunes or Stitcher. And while you're there, please subscribe. This podcast was brought to you by Primo Furniture Sales. For more tips on selling furniture and mattresses, go to PetePrimo.com. Till we meet again, sell a million. Thank you.